The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. We're here for another week of fascinating rugby chat thanks to the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate and your home of the biggest and best rugby discussion kicking around. Uh, it's great to have you on board for another week. And thanks to everyone who got in touch after last week's great chat with Sean Maloney. You can do the same uh, under the new episode page every week, uh, every Wednesday on the Raw. Um, and hit us up on the socials and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Joining me this and every week, uh, back in the Texas studio, I think, uh, is Wheeler, Dealer, Global Traveller, and now International Forum MC and Special Podcast Guest Wrangler, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you doing? How's it, Brett? My fingers really are in so many pies. The first part you said that, and I, I just took it literally. So I'm going to get in every <laughs> single pie in the world. <laughs> it just answers so many questions. Um, it's been... <laughs> It's been a big week for the pod, mate, um, and we'll speak a little bit later about a new bonus episode coming out later in the week, but just give us a quick little overview of the event you hosted over the weekend um, over there in the States. Yeah, it's actually similar to the way you and I do our pod, pods. You know, no one tells me anything, and then suddenly I'm just on the stage and everyone takes <laughs> my questions. But uh, uh, so I was invited to be the panel leader of how sport can transform society on environmentalism i know it's a very sexy topic and <laughs> on stage was ambassador to the un for uh, for samoa and for tonga and uh two moana specifica players and um i hosted this on for earth x tv and there was a big earth day celebration they brought earth, some people earth over x from being moana, moana pacifica's um, sponsor yeah, yes, yes. Sponsor. yeah and it's super interesting because you have a non-profit sponsoring an ngo Yep. It's, you know, the, the very opposite of the big money coming into rugby. It's actually yeah. a very interesting story. So, yeah, there's more for our, our listeners coming soon on that. There certainly is. There certainly is. Um, but we've got another great guest this week, and it's perfectly timed in between the two big events on the Super Rugby Pacific schedule. The Raw Rugby Podcast. So really pleased to welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast a man and a voice who has been at the forefront of Australian rugby and international rugby across three decades uh, and who it's great to have calling Fijian and Drua home games. It's the one and only Greg Clark. Clark, Yay. welcome. Hey, uh, Bula Vanaka. Bula Vanaka, indeed, <laughs> indeed. How, how big a thrill is it for you to be back calling Super Rugby? Oh, it's fantastic. It's something that I didn't really uh, think I'd be doing after... I finished after 25 years at Fox Sports, but uh, when they said that uh, for every game we're going to give you a new Buller shirt, I thought, wow. Now, for our podcast listeners, the Clarkie is wearing what he tells us is one of the least Larry Fijian shirts he's got, um, but there has been a, a good collection of them so far. It's yeah. like you have gone a long way from the suit and tie days at Fox. Yeah, and absolutely loving it. Uh, you know, it's a startup. You know, how exciting yeah. is it to be part of uh, something? I was there on the day that most of the squad assembled at Lennox Head in northern yeah. New South Wales. It was the first weekend of of uh, November. Uh, so I've been on the journey all the way through once I landed in Australia. And now uh, I'm going to be there for the first game on uh, home soil against the Highlanders on Saturday. So fascinating. It's a lean machine, let me tell you, but everyone is <laughs> really working overtime to try and just get through this first year 
and uh, I've been thrilled with uh, some of the action I've seen from them. They're probably three or four experienced players yeah. away from being a, a you know a top eight um, t- challenger. But, uh, you know, gee, they've got some talent, let me tell oh, you. Oh, have they what? We're going to come back to calling the Drua games really soon, um, and especially the, the, the big occasion of playing, or the big occasion for the Islands this weekend. But wanted to start off where we start off every weekend. Um, you were down in Melbourne for the Super Round. What stood out for you? Just the quality of, of yeah. rugby. I, I loved it. And, you know, I, I think there's a potential there to really grow super round but uh, i don't think all the stakeholders really had a decent crack at it so so we mm. need to promote it more it was a shame that the force of moana pacifica didn't get to play because of the COVID cases with the, the force but the super w final was a fantastic add-on it was a, a great oh, game might and have been the best game wild. of the weekend well a lot of people are, a lot of people are saying that because yeah. it went from one end to the other and it was a challenge all the way to the uh, final whistle um, but but yeah, the first time we've seen Australian opposition, uh, you know, against the Kiwis. So um, you know, I, I just took a, a lot out of it. I think the Aussies have closed the gap, um, mm. but you know, we could do with some some more fans, no doubt about that. But I, I think if you missed it last weekend, don't miss it next year because it it really is a pretty good concept, and uh, and I loved it, and the, the pitch. Yeah. You know, stood up to uh, six games across the weekend. I think about 30,000 people came through the gates. Corporates were doing really well. So all in all, it was a great time. Yeah. And and that's actually probably something that's maybe been lost a bit in the wash over the weekend. You're, you're right. Six games of rugby, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And then anyone listening who happened to catch any of the Melbourne Storm New Zealand Warriors game on Monday night, the pitch was in fantastic condition. You would not have known there were six games of rugby on it over the previous three days. That's right. And what did the Storm uh, run in? 70 oh, points, I, I think, think so. I think they're still going. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it just goes to show that the pitch did stand up, but uh, yeah. there was no rain down there, which is quite uh, good yeah. for, for Melbourne this time of the year. Um, but, you know, it was a shame that the uh, Waratahs had the, the red and, and yeah. the yellow because they didn't really get out of the blocks on fire um, and they were chasing the game. The Reds did start with a, a real hiss and a roar and then just couldn't go go on mm. with it. Uh, um, the Brumbies did the job for, for the Aussie team. So they butchered some tries as well. well you know, the, they, the Brumbies yeah. have, and the Brumbies have got this little thing and I've seen it for the last three or four weeks. It seems to be about 10 minutes, 15 minutes inside of halftime and they just cannot stop making errors. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, they butchered at least two tries as well. So, yeah. Harry, what, what stood out for you? I, my, my, little, my little highlight was a social media uh, picture that I saw over the weekend. The Melbourne Storm uh, forward, Nelson Asafa Solomona, was there on Saturday night watching the Queensland Reds game, and he had a sign made up for, Su- for Suliasi Vunavalu. It said, hey, Suli, remember me? We won two premierships together. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was great. I'll pop it up on the socials uh, for, for, for later. It was great. What stood out for you? Well, I mean, in the continuing league plot to uh, to take over a union by forcing unions to play with 13 players uh, to, <laughs> to, be, to become like league. That's just one thing. Uh, I think Clark and I were chatting on the way in on this thing. You know, we try not to talk about cards, but in a way we have to always talk yeah. about cards because we don't know if the Waratahs Chiefs game would have been a little different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was the, the benchmarking. So, of course, you know, a Brumby's number one side should handle Highlanders' number five side because uh, the Highlanders have struggled to score all season. The only mm. Kiwi team that's really struggled to manufacture tries. Um, 
It's so telling me they've the had Chiefs, to go back to their mall in, in the last yeah, month, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. for me, the Chiefs Waratahs was was the box office because you had number three, arguably number three versus number three. So now you're going to see what the middle, you know, where's the yeah. the waistband, where's the belt of the conference. And to me, the the battle, you know, was in the end the Chiefs handled the, the Waratahs. We have to say, um, however, the Tars looked so much infinitely better than mm. than a year ago. Uh, I think the step up in impacts is what's telling here. It's not that people said it was clinical. No, it wasn't. The, the Chiefs were not clinical at all. It was, it was no. collisional. It, it was a, a, a battering that never stops. They, ne- they never quit. And the same with the Hurricanes. They just come at you and they don't seem to really worry too much. There's a kind of a happy frenzy. Yeah. And with the, the Aussie teams, I feel like sometimes they got in their own heads. You can see the Reds going... Oh shit! What's happening? You know, mm. what, what? How do we lose that? And I'm sure that Brad Thorne will be hammering into them. No, no, you know, you've got to mm. really just keep playing. Um, with the Waratahs, I think the you look at guys like Tupo Vai, who's making a real claim to be an All Black. I mean, he broke 11 tackles. Oh, one guy. Yeah. What is yeah. that's a stat? Yeah, that's that's winger stats, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, that's it's frightening. And you had people like, um, you know, big tackles being made by Luke Jacobson, uh, uh, Jonah, Jonah Lowe with four tries. But I just think the, even if it's 5%, 10%, the jump yeah. up in physicality for a guy like Will Harris, who I've been fucking up. Yeah. I think you saw, you know, he was like, wow. Okay, yeah, this, this is, this is, is a big. whole new level. Yeah. And you talk, about, you talk about weathering the storm. The Crusaders did that for 40 minutes as well and then ran in. What six tries after after half time? So, <laughs> so look, it was it was fascinating. Clarky, twenty five years of calling uh, calling rugby for Fox Sports. Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> were you counting? <laughs> <laughs> and this is good, your, and this is your, pin, this is your pinnacle. This yeah. is your pinnacle, Greg. So, this is it. So we're just gonna so we're just gonna go back to game one and just work through them from there, from <laughs> from here on. Um, no, but you, uh, fond fond memories. What be our biggest moments? What do you, how do you sort of try and summarize twenty five years for for one broadcaster? There's there's not one game that that, that stands out. I mean, I, I enjoyed any victory by an Australian team uh, in in big games. You know, whether it be a Super Rugby final, and we go back to what was it Brumbies two thousand and one, Reds yeah. twenty eleven, Brumbies two thousand and four again, yeah. and finally the Waratahs in in twenty fourteen. That that was. Um, you know, something I'll, I'll always cherish. Um, I, I've worked on every Rugby World Cup in some capacity, a yep. junior reporter and then presenter and, and commentator. I've called three World Cup finals. I, I think the best stretch that, that I've had is probably that 2015 Rugby World Cup period where the Wallabies were at Twickenham for five Saturdays in a yeah. row. We went all the way to the final. Unfortunately, we lost the final. But, you know, I was there every Saturday with 80,000 fans. You didn't really have to try and lift as a commentator because yeah. the atmosphere was there. And, you know, is it the home of rugby? Well, it's certainly right up there with, with the best of them. Um, and uh, and the, yeah, so, the, com- the commentary boxes at Twickers are, are out in the open, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. On the uh, old gantry style, and um, you're, you're right in the thick of it. So, so I'll always cherish uh, those memories. But um, you know, there's, there hasn't been a, a bad memory. I've travelled the world. I've developed um, relationships with uh, mates uh, in, in the rugby world. I can go to any rugby country and uh, probably knock on a door and say, "Hey, I'm here to stay for the weekend," or fancy a fancy a glass of red. You know. So when when, when it all finished at, at Fox, we we lost the rights. People said, "Are you going to miss it?" Well, of course, I'm. Uh, I was going to miss it. But then I reflected on what's been an amazing run and. 
some commentators don't have the luck that, that I've had, you know. Yeah. Fox could have lost the rugby 15 years prior to when they did. Yeah. And, and I'd be back trying to get a gig as a, a league quarter again or yeah. you know, doing doing whatever I can on, on yeah. the weekends. So so I, you need a lot of luck in, in my game and I had a lot of it. So so you know, I'm I'm supporting Stan and Nine wherever I can because you know I had my day. And uh, if I can help out in, in the future, well and good. But, you know, the Drew has come along, mm. so I'm still hanging in there and uh, and I've still got a smile on my face. <laughs> Indeed. No, and no, you, no complaints. And, and we can hear it in your commentary again, which is which is fantastic. So if I've got it right, your last Super Rugby game would have been the Australian final in 2020, before hey, this year, of course. Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, so, so, let's, 2020. so let's talk about 2021. Did you, did you actually give yourself time to sit back and just watch the rugby and enjoy it? Uh, I did. Uh, and, of course, it was disrupted. Like, so all of us were sort of thinking, well, when's this going to start again? How long yeah. is it going to go on for? So there was a bit of frustration frustration there. Uh, the phone was still ringing because I, I picked up a lot of MC work. So uh, yep. the Waratahs hired me to do their chairman's club every uh, home ah, game. Nice. So, so I, I was at the ground for every home game. I was at every test match. Uh, and then Sky TV didn't have commentators on this side of the Tasman because of uh, the, the, the lockdown, the, the shutout because of COVID. So when the four test matches, when the All Blacks uh, were in Queensland late 21, uh, I was working for Sky TV. So that was fantastic. I've got to say, I really enjoyed working with the All Blacks. I mean, commentators, yeah, right. you know, Brett, we're all neutral. We're down the middle. Of course. But, uh, Every Bledisloe Cup, you know, you'd be thinking, oh, are the All Blacks going to have an off night? Can we knock them over this time? Can we finally get the silver? Please let back? this be the yeah, night. Yeah. But I tell you what, working with the All Blacks and just seeing, uh, you know, from the sideline, and that's where I was, uh, just, just the, the intensity and how they can just lift that five-minute period before halftime, that five-minute period after halftime where they blow teams away. Um, I, I really enjoyed sort of being in their camp for a little while, so, so yeah. to speak. Um, and I, I was thrilled with the, uh, the the Wallabies, the way that they were able to uh, beat South Africa and, and Argentina, of course. But, um, yeah, uh, 2021 was MC still involved, and uh, it's now led to even more things uh, in 2022. So, yeah, yeah all good. Which, which we will get to. Yeah. yeah and, Greg, Greg, I'm still getting over in this podcast uh, business of hearing voices that I that I know, you know, your voice, your voice is very familiar. <laughs> and it's so it's still strange to be sitting on a Zoom talking to you. But I think uh, the continuity speaks for itself in all sport, all business, all uh, performance. If you can string together that many years, you're doing something right. And on the way in, I was wondering what that was for Greg Clark. And I thought for me, it's that you're conversational. I think you tell a story well. Tony's like that, the Kiwi, uh, Tony Johnson as well. There's a, there's a familiarity yeah. to the voice. I, when I sit down and I go, oh, who do we have? I go, oh, good. Uh, yeah. And I say, I say that because I know you're not going to trample over everything and talk too much and, and try to show that you've um, you know, got all the, the stats. Is that something that's conscious? Is it just the way you, you carry yourself? Are you a conversational you know, type, type, of, type of guy? Yeah, I'm going to be doing this commentators workshop in Fiji with some up and coming Fijian commentators because I think they want to take their TV coverage to the next level and they're going to be doing a lot more local stuff, I believe, in the future. And I'm going to tell them that you, you still have to be a storyteller. And I always believe that, um, and I was always taught that uh, you've got to make that impression early, early on. So I want to jump out of the blocks 
and uh, we're a GIO stadium. I want people to know that I'm excited to be a GIO stadium. And if it's the Brumbies taking on the Crusaders, I am thrilled about the, you know these two two combatants. And um, I just think uh, that you even if it's the middle the of June and it's nine <laughs> degrees, oh, I'm in the, and it's I'm, ice I'm outside. Sideline. I'm not sideline. <laughs> I'm up in the warm commentary box. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I try and I try and sell the game from the get-go uh, and um, and then you know, it goes for 80 minutes. So often now you only see the highlights on, on YouTube or you know, social media. You, you miss all the build-up and, yeah. and all the other stuff that's going on. So the 80 minutes, you know, the, it, it, there's ebbs and, and there's flows and um, that, that was yeah. a way that I was brought up in commentary and, um, and uh, you know, it got me you, uh, through to do the you, Do you imagine who you're talking to i mean is it almost like you have viewer in mind that this is who you're speaking to oh very much so yeah very much so and uh, you'll often hear me say wherever you are around the rugby world <laughs> you know, uh, it's great to have you with us i just don't think about uh, you know harry in texas or, or Brad no, you... you know you know i'm thinking big picture here you know it's a worldwide audience and and everyone's welcome and uh, I also I have to give a plug to some of the people I know over the over the years. Uh, some of my colleagues have been criticised, and in the media we all get criticised, yeah. especially from fans of the team that loses on on, <laughs> on the night. But um, you know I, I've always been confident that uh, I've had a team around me that I that I could rely on, and um, you know I guess that's why we had uh, longevity. But uh, yeah, you've got to be a team player as well. But uh, I conduct the orchestra. I work on a thirty-three percent thing. I'm a third of the of the of the commentary. Mm. When I stop, you know, if the forward movements just happen, the, the forward expert can come in, and then the back expert. And and uh, I try not to over talk and overthink the game, and just do the play-by-play stuff. Yeah. Has your has your style changed much over twenty-five years? And I know you you, you came to Fox having done calling league for Sky in New Zealand, hadn't you? So what, yeah. what was the adjustments early on? Well, well I'm a Queenslander and, and I went to New Zealand and um, I went for a holiday and ended up staying a decade. And, <laughs> you know, it was a good holiday. Uh, but the longer I stayed there, the more successful I was. And they didn't have a league caller. And I, I grew up following the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, I got involved in um, the local league whenever the Kiwis were playing the Kangaroos or, or Great Britain. And, um, and then... Uh, you know, I, I got into TV and became a presenter as well as a commentator. Uh, and then when Fox Sports invited me back, Super Rugby had started. I missed the first year in 96. I, yeah. I came, came across in 97, which also happened to be the first year of Super League. Uh, I called the only Super League grand final, the Broncos and, and uh, Cronulla. And, and oh, that, did you really? Yeah, yeah. And that, so yeah. I was working for Fox. So, so that was uh, one, of, one of my highlights as well because there was only one of them. Yeah. Uh, but, but then I then I, I was trying I was doing both, um, and then when we took over the commentary of Super Rugby from Channel Seven, um, I, I, I had to make a decision. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't juggle both, so I went down the uh, the line of, um, of of rugby because you know we were the only one the only place in town really. Channel Seven mm. still did some um, test matches with Gordy and Poido and Buddha. Yeah. But uh, Super Rugby was ours, so it was a bit of a no-brainer in the end. And I'm thrilled that I that I took that um, that uh, decision, made that decision. In the first year, the Brumbies won the Super Rugby final. We had another final in uh, 2004, and mm. 
and we were on a roll. And as test matches, we took over the host broadcast of test matches in 2006, and we had a couple of uh, good victories. I remember one famous one uh, at the MCG. So, uh, yeah. Are you going to ask me about regrets while I'm on a roll? (laughs) Sure. Keep going. Go on, then. I have have one. No, I have one major regret. I have never called a winning Australian team – playing a New Zealand team on New Zealand soil. And it's uh, super yeah. rugby because I only ever went across the Tasman for, for playoffs and we lost everything. Finals, yep. semifinals, quarterfinals. And I have never called a Bledisloe Cup victory. I remember in 2011, Australia beat Italy in the first ever game that they played at the 2011 Rugby World yeah. Cup at Northampton <laughs> Stadium. We had a big night because the Wallabies had finally won on New Zealand soil. <laughs> we had to temper it because it wasn't the All Blacks. Uh, so, so that's a regret. And I say with a bit of a smile on my face yeah. now, but it, it, it does hurt because it just shows that, you know, we haven't had that silverware for a bloody long time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was hoping, I mean, Scott Johnson became director of um, Rugby Australia, director of rugby for Rugby Australia. Um, I said, you've got to do me a deal. You have to put a team together. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but I can sense that maybe uh, I was running out of time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so... Uh, do I have any regrets? Yes. Um, one fairly big one. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so difficult to do that um, with the pent up desire to win the yeah. emotions. I only went to I went to New Zealand to watch the Springboks play in 2018. We won the K10. I could barely speak or function. I mean, I was <laughs> we were walking away from the stadium. We were crying. I was calling everyone in South Africa, mm. telling them. And I imagine as a commentator to try to keep. Uh, you're cool and stay professional would be very difficult for Australia. Oh, you know, yeah, then, yeah. Well, it, you, it might, goes, you, you might have to say drop the pretense and say, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, always the, that's always the challenge. I, I could always rely on George Gregan or uh, Rod Caper or Phil Kearns to do Phil that. Phil Kearns to do that, yeah, yeah, for sure. For I'd sure. sit back as the ultimate professional. Co- conversely, Greg, um, the, the end of the Fox era in, in 2020 um it was uh, how how did you all get through that because if if it wasn't known by the end of the season it was certainly highly rumored that fox were were going to lose the right so how was that how, how difficult was that was that last season it, it was very difficult yeah um because we made a, a very good offer in 2019 yeah. at the rugby world cup and the then ceo of rugby australia uh just uh, turned it down yeah. and, and put it out into the market, which he was entitled to do, I know. But, um, but uh, you know, when you, when, when you buy a car or a house, you probably don't put in your best bid for yeah. first up. So we put in what was a better bid than what they've got at the moment. Yeah. And, and they knocked it back. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, everything sort of turned from there. Uh, so we knew that the, the vibe wasn't great. We knew that the uh, relationship between... Uh, Fox and Rugby Australia, what wasn't great. Right at the end, uh, they made an even better offer than the nine and stand, but the damage was done by then. And, yeah. uh, anyway, the, the rest is history. But it, it was tough, and and, and I think also, um, you know, people picked up on the fact that that um, it wasn't a big production. You know, the, the, the eighty minutes was because yeah. we, have a, we have a contract to yeah. uh, to to provide eight, nine, ten camera yeah. coverage, etc. But, but everything around the game, uh, you know, it's, certain, certainly suffered. And, and there was a bit yeah. of COVID in there as well. And, and the same thing happened with the A-League. Um, yeah. 
and, and it was cost cutting and everything else. Uh, it's, it's, fair, it's fair to say in that last season, well, maybe in the last 18 months, that things were, were certainly dialed down a fair bit, weren't they? Yeah, not deliberately from the production point, from our point yeah. of view, the people working on the yeah. production, but we could, we could only do, you know, uh, work within the, given. the perimeters. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it was a tough time. And uh, I, I know that, um, it, you know, it didn't end all that well for, for some of my colleagues. But as I said, I, I had 25 great years and, and I was full time at Fox. A lot of my colleagues yeah. were, were contractors. Uh, so I was able to sort of um, reflect on what I'd been through and, uh, I probably wanted another couple of years. It didn't happen, but gee, 25 years in this industry. You're yeah, in absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. definitely is. Definitely is. Ha- happier memories. Um, calling calling Cam, your, your son, he's, and he's with the Brumbies this year and, and playing great already, but calling his entry into Super Rugby, having switched over from sevens, um, that must have been a thrill and, and probably no better way of telling it than this little moment in 2017 when he scored his first try. There's plenty of numbers out to the right. And it's been intercepted by Foley. And he gives it to Clark. Now Cameron... Oh, they're not going to catch this boat. He's over the 50. The seven specialist. Australian schoolboy sevens. Rio Olympics. Commonwealth Games. Rugby World Cup sevens. And now he's got his first meat pie in Super Rugby. Talk us through that. That was... That, that was some – you took your time to read everything out there, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't have it written down. and yeah. uh, I, was I don't always, think you needed to. No, no. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I knew it all. And and, uh, the, and I said to him afterwards, as we had a bit of a chuckle about it, um, the best thing about it was that it, it, he ran 90, 95 yeah. metres. So, so I had to fill in that time. <laughs> if, if it was only the last 10, 10 metres, I, I couldn't have got any of that in or maybe one line or something. But if you just go, Australian schoolboys, yeah. junior Commonwealth Games, yeah. sevens. Australian sevens. Oh, oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> He's and, crossed uh, halfway. And, <laughs> and Phil Kearns is beside yeah. me because Phil, you know, has known Cameron for, for, for a long time. And, you know, occasionally Cameron might stick his head in the commentary box out of one of the games and the, the guys would say hello and they'd keep an eye on, on his progress as a, as a junior. So Kearnsy started giving it this yeah. and he started punching me in the arm and, and he was more excited than I was. So it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, yeah, thank God he got there and, yeah. uh, and uh, his first meat pie in, in, in Super Rugby. Yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been good yeah, fun. I, yeah. Greg, I, no, I noticed in the Sevens Tour they really know how to pick the, the places. I mean, if you're a Sevens player, <laughs> you're going to Vancouver, you're going to Cape Town, you're going to all these great places. Instead Hong Kong, Singapore, of, Dubai, you're never Paris. From, you're never going to bloom No, <laughs> no, you're not going to Hamilton. You're not going to Canberra either. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, good fun. We're well and truly into the, an intriguing back end of the Super Rugby Pacific season now, and this weekend includes a huge moment in the history of the Fijian and Drua. Rugby on the Roar. Clarky, how big is the Andrews' first home game in Fiji going to be this weekend? Well, well they keep telling me that it's, it's going to be packed to the rafters um, at ANZ Stadium in, in Suba. You've all 
heard the, the saying Fiji time. Yes. Uh, you know, people yes. don't rush out and buy tickets because there's plenty of time to do that. Yeah. And I know even some of the players are saying to their friends and family, you know, um, when they say, oh, we're going to see you on Saturday. Oh, great. You've bought your tickets already, have you? No, no, no. We'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll buy that at the gate. Yeah. It's we, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's not a sellout at, at this stage, but uh, let's hope that it, it is a, a massive crowd. And uh, Forget about the crowd for the moment. It, it's just the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, how many Fijians have been featuring in not only Super Rugby, but you know, through through uh, France and through the UK over, over the years, they've had some fantastic players, and now all of a sudden, this group of players, the majority of them, grew up watching Super Rugby. Yeah. Here, here we go. This year, they actually are playing Super Rugby, and uh, they are now. You know, not only did they play the Blues last week, but now they're up against another team uh, this week and they are home. It's just going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. There was confirmation this week as well that they'll play the Chiefs in La Torca on Saturday, May 28. And that, that was a game that's going to be on the Gold Coast. So That'll two be games at home. shirt for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fresh, fresh shirt for that one. How did the, how did the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation deal come about for you? Uh, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't asked to do it. Um, I was told to do it. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Brian Thorburn, the, the CEO and, and, and the chairman, acting CEO, uh, they will make a, a full-time appointment at, at some stage. Um, Brian has been working tirelessly to get it done. And Brian and I go back to the Helsing days of the ARU when, you know, the Rugby World Cup was in Australia yeah. in 2003 and we, we did win a few uh, Bledisloes prior to that. So I, I've kept in touch with Brian. He, he went on to, to run Golf Australia and, mm. and whatever. So I'd see him around the traps and um, he just said, there's no way that Greg Clark is not going to call rugby, you know, in, in 2022 when we've got a team in the competition. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's... It, Yes, of course he had to um, ask me to do it. But the initial thing was, "Hey, you're calling you're rugby. Doing I've this. got a team for you." Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and obviously, I'm not Fijian, but mm. uh, we, we, he wanted to put together, um, you know, a Fijian or Polynesian commentary team, and we want to build it yep. going forward. I've been interviewing Sam Wikes uh, in, around the corporate area uh, for some time, and, and, I, and I just. I've interviewed players like you have yeah. over the years, and you know the ones that have got that little bit extra yeah. that are going to be able to handle themselves. They've got the and talent. That's right. Yeah, and, and we did some uh, auditions. It was always tough because uh, I was at my, uh, I was in Queensland. People were in Sydney. People were in Fiji. So on Zoom doing a commentary, there's always a bit of a delay. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everyone that we interviewed um, or auditioned, Lottie Takiri, Moses Rauluni, um, perfect for the sideline. No, no problem. But, you know, commentators are commentators. You know, yeah. you've either got it or, or you haven't, you know. And if you want to be up in the, in the commentary box, um, you need to have um, a certain something. And, and we opted for, for Sam in early days, but, but I'm happy with his progress. So we put that together. All the, all the broadcasters are doing their own, uh, their own pre-game and post-game shows. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if we had a panel situation beforehand or after, you know, we we'd have a big team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd have the Lottie Dakiris and, and uh, you know, Sarah Noigama wasn't available for us because she was playing Super W for yeah. for the Waratahs and now she's going into the Wallaroos, hopefully for her and Nelly Badamasanga, et cetera. So Leilani Burns um, came in late in the piece and she's a presenter, um, yep. obviously Fijian, uh, and she uh, has some TV experience. 
and also she played the game. She was captain yeah. of Fijiana. Um, so um, so that, that's that's how she came about. And uh, Brian and everyone wanted the team to do all seven games. They didn't yeah. want any, any chopping and changing if they didn't have to. So sorry for being so long-winded, but that's how it happened. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I really enjoyed the... Um, uh, the auditions we grabbed some some games and it was up to me i'd pick some really good games you know with um plenty, plenty of tries i think we, we did the waratahs and the uh the hurricanes remember the scg they yeah. scored 114 points between yeah. them etc so i knew there were going to be plenty of tries yeah. for a commentator and i just wanted to see if sam could could you know come with me for yeah. the ride and whether leilani could could chip in there as well so 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 that was good 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 fun while it was difficult doing it on on zoom by the time we got to the first game the first home game which was a win against the melbourne rebels on the sunshine coast you know um i was i was confident that that we would get through okay so so then this weekend on 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 home soil dare i say it is there a bit of pressure with it oh no i i well you know, I, I, I get excited about any, any games. It, it's not really pressure. <laughs> there will be some anxiety because you know yeah. I, I want to make it special, um, and, and it will it will be special irrespective of the of the result. And, and I say it all the time that um, you know probably the best try in in the game will be scored by the Fijians because that's just the way they play their rugby. When it all yeah. comes together, it's fantastic. So uh, yeah, yeah, a little a little bit of anxiety there, but um, you know I'll uh, hopefully do the job and and um, you know. Give it my best, and we'll see what happens. Harry, uh, you you may not, you probably do know, know the name Alavaretti Vatikani. He was he's he's, a, he's an absolute star for Fiji. He he played for three seasons for the Indra in the NRC. Absolutely lit the competition up. He was the he was the 2018 Player of the Season by literally the the length of the straight. It was I've never been involved in a player of the year vote that was so clear cut. It was quite incredible. Clark, it's it's gonna be fantastic to see him back or to see him in Super Rugby playing playing for the Indra. Yeah, so what have we got? Another uh, four or so games to, yeah. to go. So um hopefully he gets there sooner rather than later. Um and yeah I think the Drua need sort of players like him uh, probably need four yep. or five key players that they'll have to put into their roster next year if they're going to take it to uh, to the next level. So, yeah, great, great to see. I'm disappointed that we haven't seen a lot of their um, Fiji Sevens gold medalists because of yep. injury. And uh, Mick says that some, at the start of the season, they just weren't big enough. Yep. So, um, so hopefully we'll see uh, those guys come through a little more in uh, 2023. But... Uh, yeah, they've got. There's no shortage of stars there. Humbosi, you know. Oh, he, fantastic! Where, where did he come from? Yeah, you yeah. Know, rested last weekend, so I'm pretty certain that uh, he'll be wearing the number 11 jersey at home this week. And you know, he's a flyer. And Ratave played some MPC in, yeah. in New Zealand, but he's uh, what got four or five tries now. He's taken his opportunity. So there are some finishes there, but they just got to get that uh, set piece going and and drive. yeah. Win more than sixty or seventy percent of their lineouts. Yeah, yeah. Greg, uh, you know, on a building block question <clears throat> for the for Fiji, how do you see the Drua actually helping them take that next level step? You know, they th- this could be the kind of thing where they actually play together more on a consistent basis, and it could actually funnel up into uh, in, into the the national team, but also down. You know, to have more more kids watching people play for the Drua gets them excited. Do you see it that way? 
Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this has been a long time coming having a, a Fijian team and a and basically a Samoan stroke Tongan team in in, in Super Rugby, uh, and and the deal happened very very late. So there there were quite a few flying Fijians, I believe, who were thinking very seriously about coming home. And they waited for as long as they could. But in the end, they had to re-sign with the European clubs and, and, and couldn't do it. So hopefully next year, we'll, uh, we'll see some more coming through. We've got Frank Lamani back throughout the, the year yeah. uh, from, from the UK. Um, it is going to be a building block. Fern Cotter, the uh, Kiwi-born coach, national coach of, uh, of Fiji, has spent some time and obviously is watching very, very closely. So um, I think unlike the Fijiana women, who will probably now make up the bulk of their World Cup um, 15th yeah. women's team. Uh, I'm not expecting all of the, all of these um, guys to come through, but uh, now all of a sudden the, the, there's depth, isn't there? You know, you've got that. Uh, yeah. You've now probably got a a proper 30 man squad rather yeah. than you know 20 odd or, or or 23. So it's it's a building block, and you know they're only going to be bigger. Look, look, these guys have been to a gym. They probably went down to F45, you know, one or two mornings a week. Um, yeah. And that's that's not a plug, by the way. I don't care which. Team <laughs> Although Stephen Hoyles um, uh, in uh, uh, LA will probably yeah. appreciate that plug, because his boss owns F45. Indeed. But, um, you know, uh, I think that um, when I reflect on what Mick said, it, it's true. These guys are not fitness hardened. You know, yeah. they, so so give them another year uh, under you know, the, the week-in, week-out training regime of Super Rugby, they're going to get bigger, they're going to get faster, they're going to be more knowledgeable, they're going to be more experienced. So uh, it, it's looking pretty good, I think, for uh, for future years, providing they can actually keep the finance going because it's been very tough for them. They thought, or someone thought, that every Polynesian, every Fijian in Australia would be going to the games here. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. Floods floods, and COVID has, has knocked yeah. the, the Polynesian community around quite a bit. I, I know in southeast uh, Queensland and, and you know, around Brisbane areas, um, a lot of the Fijian uh, population were really hit hard, if not by COVID, certainly by by the floods. Yeah. It just knocked their um, confidence and, and their, their finances around a bit. So uh, they've been losing lots of money. You can't have games at some court stadium like if you could just no. hire one stand that'd be great yeah but, you know when you have to open up the whole stadium with all the lights and all the staff all the security and everything else yeah it's very very costly and three thousand people turn up you know if it was my choice i'd be going back to sunshine coast where you've got a stadium yeah. that will hold nine thousand. bellymore the new bellymore yeah bellymore would be great uh, ref- doing a ref- uh, refurbish on uh that would be fantastic but anyway that's down yeah. the road that's the Indeed. future Indeed. Good point. Look, Greg, it's um, it's been fantastic to, to talk to you. Um, been fantastic to catch up. We haven't um, haven't bumped into you for eighteen months. Well, actually, no, that's not true. We bumped into you early at the start of the year, didn't you? So, yeah. Harry, what what you probably don't know about Clarkie is that he's always been so giving of of commentators to, to other other networks. I mean, I've been down the sideline for for ABC Sport for nearly ten years, and I reckon every time I bumped into Clarkie at a Canberra Stadium, you'd just say do you know about this change or do you know about this pronunciation or, you know, there was, he's just always making sure that, 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 that everyone knew everything so that they can do their best job on the night. And Greg, that's just, um, that's speaks volumes for who you are. And it's just been great to have you on the podcast tonight. 
Thank you very Good much, man. guys. Excellent. Okay. Greg, Greg, just before you go, Greg, we're, we're building a, a squad for the World Cup. We're having a full 33-man squad from all of our guests. <laughs> what position am I marking you down as? Uh, mate, I could have been anything. Um, I, I used to say when I was emceeing um, functions with a couple of my colleagues, George Gregan and say Phil Kearns or whatever, and I'd say, between us, we've... We've played uh, you know, 300 <laughs> test matches and 450 Super Rugby games and two games for Queensland sub-districts. Yeah. And, and it always got a bit of a laugh. I was a 13. And, oh, uh, 13. Apparently, apparently I could have been anything. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't have an outside centre. Well, we were masquerading uh, Jim Tucker. As we were masquerading Jim Tucker. Oh, slowest, slowest 13. Yeah, so he's out now. Uh, gone. <laughs> gone. We'll fit you in somewhere, Jimmy. Um, great, Greg. Thanks very much. All right, guys. Bulabanaka. The Roar. Harry, round 11 of Super Rugby Pacific this weekend. Uh, we've got Reds and Chiefs followed by the Force and the Blues on Friday night. All, all games are in Australia and Fiji this weekend. There's no games in New Zealand. Uh, on Saturday, it's the Andrua and the Highlanders in Suva. Uh, Waratahs and Crusaders in Sydney. Rebels and Moana Pacifica down in Melbourne. And then on Sunday afternoon, it's the Brumbies and Hurricanes. Uh, in Canberra, a little bit of news floating around. Looks like now Nick White and Noah Lolasio <laughs> uh, are copying the big offers from from Japan. That just carries on. On the flip side, there's plenty of talk that, that maybe Nick Frost is um, is is on the verge of backing out of his deal with Panasonic. So that might be something. Uh, bad news for Will Harrison at the Waratahs. He is done for this year. He's done his ACL and his MCL. Um, as well as uh, as well as an injury to his patella, so he's he's done for the year. Uh, conversely, All Blacks midfielder Jack Goodhue was fantastic, wasn't he, for the Crusaders uh, on, on, the, on the way back on the weekend? That was really good to see. And somewhat surprisingly, I've got to say, Angus Bell was is free to play this weekend after the uh, the Sansa Super Rugby Judiciary ruled that his tip tackle on uh, Sam Kane was caused quote by the significant involvement of other players, uh, which produce mitigating <laughs> factors. Um, he's given a warning, which is the old off-field yellow. Oh, it it all makes know. no sense. It makes no, no sense. And up in the North, Wayne Barnes uh, carded, um, uh, was it uh, Don Brandt for pushing his yeah. own player? Oh, pushed uh, pushed yeah. Joe Mahler into a tackle, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just confusing. Every yeah. week there's something new. Um all Blacks, there's been there's a little bit of All Blacks chat all of a sudden. Ian yeah, Foster was in the out, news. Coach came out, started speaking and name dropping. Uh, you know, Dalton Papali came out of his mouth in a way that was kind of confusing. What is he saying? Who is he talking to? Is he talking to Dalton or Sam? Um, <laughs> but no, so now, so big Tony, Tony Bowles, our partner, our, uh, our boss, has told us to pick an All Blacks team. So I've got one for you if you want to listen. Yep, go. Tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. So to okay. me, you got to make all, the All Blacks scary again. They weren't scary last year. They, I don't need to make French, them scary. The Irish and French loss, I know for All Blacks fans, they were saying, no, you know, why are we, there's no swag. So for me, this is how I go. Will Jordan okay. at the back, 15. Yep. And All yep. Blacks 15 needs to scare you when you kick the ball to them. And Jordy Barrett, I don't think he scares you. He's not going to run. He's not a, he's not a Christian color. Jordy Severis, Barrett, you could run down easier yeah. than Will Gordon. No Severis, one's running Se- Will Gordon Se- down. down. Severis and Caleb Clark, um, nippy, strong, uh, you know, legitimate sprinters. I want speed. So you got Will Jordan, Severis, and Caleb Clark as your back three. Yep. Midfield, I don't, lo- I don't love this. I hate it, actually. But Rico Ioni and uh, Jordy Barrett as my midfield. And here's my thinking. 
They, they've got to beat Fakudanti, Dukes and Am. They've got to beat um, the the Ro- Ring Rose guy and uh, the Hen. They got Sammy from your your team, Sammy and Hunter. I mean, you've got to size up in the midfield nowadays. Mm. You know, those are the teams they're going to have to win uh, against in the World Cup to get out of the one side and then probably face the Wallabies in the final. So um, I think you have to go with these big guys, six foot five, rangy. Uh, Bowden Barrett, got to have the 10. Aaron Smith, nine. Yep. For me, the Lucy's, already Saveas played his way in, but I'm going to throw a curveball. I'll take Dalton Papale, the, the wayward youth minister, and I'm throwing Luke Jacobson as my six. Don't love Blackadder because I don't think he's scary enough. Sam Kane is the slowest uh, flanker now in world rugby, so that's where I'm going. Shannon Frizzell probably would have had a shout, but he's injured. Yeah. Uh, for my for my locks, I'm sorry, Sam. Love you. I love Sam Whitelock. He's one of the great players of history, but he's running into the Alan Wynn Jones syndrome. So Tupovai partner Brody, and then on the props, uh, which Fossey also signaled he's thinking about, uh, I'm going with uh, Ethan Dahruet. At the loose head, and I'm the having Ofa, the thirty-year-old peak of power. Ofa at the tight head. Yeah, sorry, uh, Moody, yeah. Moody. Moody just be a finisher, and then Cody yeah. Taylor still to me uh, is the hooker. So that's a scary team. Very quick, very powerful. I, look, I can't really. Who did you have at eight? Artie Savia. Uh, Artie, yeah, yeah Captain yeah. Pup, Dalton Papali'i at seven. At seven, and then Luke Jacobson, the just the guy. I, I think that he, he adds a line-out threat. I th- I think I'm still going to make an argument for Ethan Blackadder at six. I just right. I just think you need I think you need a proper workhorse back rower, and that's not to say that Dalton Papali'i and, and Adi Savia aren't, but they're different sorts of players. They're they're going to they're going to be the the game breakers. Ethan Blackadder is just going to do 15 hit ups, and he's just going to make 20 tackles, and that's actually really really good. So. I can't actually argue with much of that. My couple of little points that I had was that Bowden Barrett is playing really, really good footy again at 10. And I think you've got to pick him while he's playing really, really good rugby. Um, Aaron Smith picks himself. And the back row was my was my thinking. So that's interesting. We'll see. Well, we'll see whether Ian Foster listens to the Raw Rugby podcast. Um, give me a 30-second URC update. There's a big game this weekend, isn't there? So you got a handful of 10 win teams, Ulster, Munster, Stormers, Sharks, um, Glasgow. And then yeah. you have a 12 win team, Leinster. So Leinster plays Stormers one and two in Cape Town. Should be a nice battle. That's going to be um, a ripper. I've got to try and find and a way of watching that this weekend. Sets the table for the playoff configuration. So right now it's all about can you get home, uh, can you get home field for uh, the first round at least. So yeah, it's it's a nice comp. It's um, it's a, It's actually turning into something and I think it's only going to get yeah. better. Yeah, it's it's taken a little while, hasn't it? Because it's yeah, there was lots of derbies to start, and much the same way as Super Rugby, it was all forced by exactly. COVID, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. now that we're actually sort of actually into the back end of it, yeah, we're starting to see a bit of movement, and the South African teams um, actually look like they're going to come out of it pretty well, don't they? And my hero Malbec, France Malherba, <laughs> is back, and he's going to monster Leinster. Yeah, that will be that will be a cracker. As I say, I'm going to have to try and find a way um, to watch that in Australia. If anyone knows the answer for for that, uh, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter at BMC Sport, please. Uh, but that's us done for another episode of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Uh, but not done for the week, Harry. Tell everyone about quickly about a very special bonus episode coming out later in the week. 
episode number 13. Lucky very for lucky some. This time. Yeah. Moana Pacifica has been very gracious to allow us to speak to coach, player, skipper, and we have a real doozy waiting coming for you. It's, it's an insight into how they've approached this very tough season. They're fighters and they're, they're fighting for more than just uh, wins on the record. Yeah, yeah. So watch uh, watch for that later in the week. Um, you can catch Harry and I on the socials, of course. Uh, and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. Uh, and check us out another week of Super Rugby Tipping on Thursday, where we're still all locked up at the top with five rounds to play and finals. That's going to get interesting real quick. Uh, the pod's on all the major platforms, so like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you need to do to ensure the new app drops into your notifications as soon as it goes live. And leave us a review, please. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, so, so do that if, you're, uh, if your podcast app lets you do it. Uh, it's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home for all your favourite rugby analysis and opinions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.